become an avid learner. If you if you think you know it, oh my goodness, you're so far away. <laughs> like like there's so much information out there, and if if you don't become a forever student, you're just never gonna get it. That was Brad Karens, and this is the Push Through Podcast. Welcome to the Push Through Podcast, where each week we tackle some of the most difficult areas of business as a shop owner, contractor, or manufacturer with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking minds in business development, marketing, entrepreneurship, and leadership. These are conversations designed to educate, inspire, and empower business owners and leaders to push through the barriers and thresholds they see before them. Join us for the ride at thepushthrough.com. That's the pushthru.com, where you can find in-depth articles and show notes from each episode. Get ready for the push through and your host, Jeff Finney. Welcome back to the Push Through Podcast, and today we'll be talking to Brad Karens of the Center for Lean Learning. He is not only a passionate lean enthusiast, he's also a business owner of Best Damn Doors in Canada. And with the practical experience to back up his drive, it's easy to see why he's been so successful with implementing Lean. So today we'll expand on an earlier episode with Paul Akers and dive more into Lean leadership in business. But before we jump into today's interview, I want to remind you that the uh, IWF 2018 in August in Atlanta is open for registration. Uh, Brad Karens, today's guest, will also be speaking at the event about Lean leadership and more. So... Please join me and many others as Brad gives us an in-depth, deep dive into Lean. Also, please use the discount code UCPD18, that's UCPD18, to get a few bucks off your registration. So get ready for the push-through as we meet Brad Cairns. Well, Brad Cairns, welcome to the podcast. We're glad to have you and uh, excited to kind of continue our conversation on Lean. And today we're going to focus on what it takes to become a Lean leader we spoke a couple weeks ago with Paul Akers of Two Second Lean, which I understand you guys are close friends, and I'm, I'm looking forward to building off of that conversation because that was just a fantastic start into kind of learning some of the techniques about lean and, and Paul Akers' version of Two Second Lean. So uh, fill us in a little bit, Brad. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your personal background? Well, uh, I'd like to start by saying, I mean, you, you put me in a pretty uncomfortable spot here. I have to go after Paul Akers. I mean, those are some big shoes to fill. And right. this is the first um, all-naked podcast I've had to do, which is a really weird request on your part. But I'm, I'm taking part. I just want you to know that, that it's happening. <laughs> I appreciate that okay. and our guests. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just a little bit about me, Jeff. Um, I got started in, in the woodworking industry when I was about uh, four and I built some terrible stuff, absolutely terrible. But I, I never stopped. And it wasn't until probably about my mid-20s, I, I had to go on a long drive. And I picked up a book uh, on, on tape at the time. Or, and uh, it was called The Toyota Way. Mm-hmm. And about that point, there was no turning back for me. I realized, wow, there is a way better way to build stuff. And... Uh, to say I got a, a mild addiction to the Toyota production system would be an understatement. Um, it took us a little time to get in the groove in that I, I read the books. I studied it like crazy. I was a, a big student of TPS for five or six years. 
but I couldn't figure out how to get it across to the people. So I wanted to do it and I was speaking the language, but my people wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. Right. It wasn't until I, I was reading a, a magazine article and there was a, a guy, Jim Lewis, the founder of the Center for Lean Learning, and he was talking about lean and, and I was like, yeah, that's, this is this, this is the stuff. So I phoned him on a Friday night and I couldn't hardly believe it because you expect people who write in magazines to be famous, right? And he's right. not, not answering their own phones. <laughs> but lo and behold, he answered the phone and I told him of all my woes and he said, yeah, I think I could help. And uh, I'll try and make the long story short, but he showed up that Monday and it was unbelievable. We went from uh, five finished cabinets a day to 55 in under a month with the same people. Uh, quality went through the roof. Uh, we cut our space in half. It was it was all of those fun stories that you hear about lean. And then once I was able to see how to bridge the gap between the knowledge and the people, um, there, there was no turning back. I fell in love head over heels. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, lean is the only way. So yeah. yeah, I get up every day, man. And it's just like lean from the time I get up to lean till the time I go to bed. And as soon as I figure out how to be lean in my sleep, I'm going to do it. So Brad kind of lead us down what a typical day looks like for you right now. And, and kind of what's your focus? All right. Well, start the, the typical day. It starts with a, a, a famous quote, and I'm not going to tell you who it's from, but anybody who knows, you get two thumbs up. But the saying is, ahead of schedule and under budget. And I'm trying to live by that right now, and it's amazing how it applies to the simplest thing. I noticed I was saying it in my head as I was getting out of bed. The alarm clock went off. I had a late night. I was tired. And... I just started saying it ahead of schedule, under budget, ahead of schedule. I realized if I want to be ahead of schedule today, I need to get moving. So just with that simple mantra of staying ahead of what's going on and use your head, not your wallet, it keeps me focused all day long on the right things. Right. And then, yeah, and the one thing that we're focusing on right now in our factory is is crazy, crazy lean, crazy fun, is 100% flow. And that means that nothing in our factory stops moving. From the minute it's cut, it's physically moving until it hits a skid. And that is a big, big objective for Best Damn Doors for 2018. And if we can achieve that, wow, that would just be awesome. Imagine your factory where nothing stops moving till it was on a truck. Well, that's that's a that's a goal I'm sure everybody has, and you, you know you got to tear it down into the incremental parts about how to get there. And I'm uh, that's that's just begging for a follow up. So we're going to be following up with you later this year to see how close or if you've achieved the hundred percent flow. So we're going to hold you to it. You you hold me to it. Well, and it's <clears throat> it's always great to talk to somebody in your shoes that's kind of been there done that and still going through it because it's it's a constant learning thing and um it's just it's always exciting to talk to somebody that's in the trenches and actually you know implementing what you read about in the books and and having success with it so that's that's kind of what i want to dive into today um you know we we've discussed earlier about the main topics of of becoming a lean leader and 
the topics I think we're going to cover today are sequencing your factory, uh, failing forward, and lean leadership. So let's jump right into one of those um, and, and talk about the, um, the, the sequencing of your factory. Uh, yeah, happy to, Jeff. The, the one thing that we notice as we travel the globe and, and working with uh, cabinet companies and other component manufacturers, it seems like something, the one thing that's commonly missing is sequencing, which is actually super simple if you, if you like stop, just think about what needs to happen in what order. And just imagine um, you're making a coffee it's that it's as simple as making a coffee. We we pick up the cup, we pour the coffee, we put in our sugar, we put in the milk, and now now we drink our coffee. If we look at our manufacturing in the same view, what happens is things get in the way quite often. It's like, oh, I do this, but this got in the way, and I couldn't do this, and this got in the way. And so basically the sequencing gets all messed up. And all it does, we think we're doing the right thing by staying busy, but all it does is give us busy work, creating more inventory, creating more defects, uh, and, and we struggle through getting jobs. Anybody building kitchens who goes out into their shop right now and sees cabinets with no doors knows exactly what I'm talking about. Right. So it would never occur to us to get out the coffee, dump it on the counter, get the cup out, scoop it off the counter, and then put our milk and sugar, right? There's just an order that things need to happen. And my advice to everybody is either get some help from an outside source or start to delve into sequencing. It's a common problem that almost everybody is suffering from, and it's super easy to fix. You just right. got to do things the way you know they need to be done and, and fix the statistical fluctuating things that are causing you to get out of order. That's that's number one when we go to a factory, we instantly look for overproduction and the overproduction is, is usually caused by poor sequencing. We fix that, we fix the overproduction, throughput goes up. Yeah, exactly. So when you when you sequence, in, in other words, you're not, um, uh, say, milling some part that has to sit on a bin for a week before it gets assembled because the other part's catching up with it or something to that effect. Can you explain just a little more in depth on the sequencing like is, or if you have a particular instance maybe? Yes. I'm, I'm glad you asked because as I, as you were talking, I was thinking, Oh boy, that might not have been as clear as I wanted it to be. <laughs> so a, a really, we'll just start with one basic example and I'm sure everyone will go, Oh, I get it. And you'll be able to run out and do it is, Sequencing would involve setting up triggers in your factory that this doesn't happen until this happens. So here's, here's a really good one. Don't start building the cabinets until your doors are getting top coated because it's so much faster to build the box than it is to finish the door. Right. So you set up a trigger that that your saw operator literally doesn't start cutting until he gets the trigger from the finishing room. And everybody's operation's a little different. So, you know, you'll have to do the math. Sure. Where does that, the, those two things marry up and delay the slow one until it gets the trigger from the finishing room that says, okay, those parts are gonna be ready tomorrow, start cutting. And that will prevent you from overproducing 
by just setting up simple triggers. Another huge one, I'm not going to make any friends here, is information. You get a sequence. People start building before they have all the information. Got to be right. 100% complete and ready to go. Then, then that sets the trigger for either engineering or for your saw or however you're doing it. So just setting up specific triggers and, and choking the release of material until you get that signal will right. radically help flow in your factory dramatically. I agree. So I'll, I'll put a specific um, instance in there back to your point on information. So we, we noticed that would happen in our operation quite often that the right person didn't have the right piece of paper or the right thing at the right time. You know, so it would always be, hey, where does this, uh, I don't know, trash can go or where does this, whatever. You know, there's there's always some bit or piece missing. It was there. It was in the drawings or it was uh, on a cut list or whatever. It was there, but it just wasn't present at the right time to the right person. And um, we noticed that. And so we, we implemented Trello years ago. Um, and on every single job card, we put all of the information on their assembly sheets, cut lists, order lists, door lists, whatever is pertaining to that job, some anybody in the shop can find. So they've all got the information when they need it, you know. So uh, and it's accessible at each station. So they don't have to go across the shop or print off this or print off that. And it works really well. Yeah, our our little saying is what you need, where you need it, in the quantity you need it. No more. <laughs> and no no more. more. Yep, that's right. So, so we've got our factory sequence. We know, we know our order. We got our cart with our horse. Um, so let's, let's talk about failing forward. That's a, that's a new one on me. So let's, I mean, dive into that one. All right. So when we talk about failing forward, basically the premise is as, as business owners, we all didn't start off perfect, right? So, right. uh, it, whether we're managers or team leaders, I always ask people, well, so when was the time that you learned the most? And you, you, you think about it for a minute and they're like, well, you know, this one time I touched the hot stove and, and that didn't work out very good for me. So I didn't do it again. So the moral of the story is we learn the most right after a huge mistake or, or a mistake. We learn through making mistakes. So if we prevent our people from failing, then we're actually preventing learning from happening. We're taking that away when we look across the shop, short of cutting your arm off, I mean, but, you know, right. letting people make decisions. And, and even if you think, oh, maybe that's not a hot idea, you got to let them do it. And we say failing forward because that's where the encouragement comes from. If you're trying new things and as lean companies, I know we all are, um, we want to try something new. And if it doesn't work, you don't want people to regress back to the old way. You want them to fail forward. So in order to fail forward, you almost have to picture standing behind them and giving them the support they need when they fail and then helping them take a step forward. Okay, that didn't work. What's next? Not that didn't work. Let's take a step back. So as if you can get people in that mindset that it's okay to fail as long as I learn, then the boss isn't going to be mad at me. Right. And that's, that's tough as an owner to be, you know, you, you want to see this program fail. And a lot of times you can see 
the quickest, easiest way to do something. But you know, if you gotta, you gotta trust the people that are actually going to be the ones doing it to, that's the only way they're going to get invested, I guess, you know? Couldn't agree more, Jeff. That's, uh, it's the one thing, but because we, we're relating failure instantly to dollars, right? If it didn't cost us money, we wouldn't care, but we're like, Oh my God, they're going to do that. And it's going to cost me a hundred bucks. And, and I always tell people, what if you don't let them fail and they never learn? What's that going to cost? It, it seems like it'd be substantially more. <laughs> Order. <laughs> Orders yeah. So, you know, talk about that failing forward and, and you had your initial, um, you, you know, when you initially got into it with, with Jim Lewis at the learning center there. Um, tell us about some of your early woes, maybe in, in learning about how to fail forward if you can remember any of them. Oh my God. I remember, I only have to think back about 10 minutes. We, we encouraged this all day, every day at my factory here. And it's, it is, it's truly an every single day thing. Um, whether it's a quality issue or, uh, for example, our, our quality guy, he was going crazy last week because they're fixing so much stuff. Of course, we never want the customer to get it, but we're still, doing repairs in house and everybody, no, I shouldn't say everybody, but there's some people like, okay, well, you know, let's just go back to, you know, using, we're using sponges to sand and I don't want to, you know, be an anti sponge user in case somebody loves them. (laughs) Anyway, we're using uh, sponges to do some sanding when in fact we should use a sanding block. And I didn't want them to regress back to that. I wanted them to learn and push through. And last week we developed uh, all new sanding blocks for the profiles that we need to sand. Mm-hmm. And our quality has gone through the roof, but I didn't let them go back. I didn't let them go back to the comfort zone. I forced them to continue going forward. So that was, that was huge for us. That's the one that rings a bell right now for, for me because um, you know, we, we've made our quality issues almost non-existent. Right. And to, to slightly maybe jump a little bit ahead of topic back, you know, into lean leadership, I, I've got to ask a question from somebody in your stance that's been in the lean, uh, you know, program for quite some time. How do you feel like your operation would, um, you know, if you pulled, if you pulled somebody like yourself or your main lean driver out of, out of there, would would that culture continue to develop on its own at some point, or do you continually have to drive that bus as an you know as an owner or a leader? Let me ask you, uh, how good does your car run when you stop putting gas in it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there there is no question in my mind that if the owner of the company is not eating sleeping living lean it's over right and that's that's what i was trying to drive home because you know that that's reiterating a point that paul made a couple weeks ago was the same thing that you know the the owner or the leader you know they they got to live it they got to they got to be all about it and uh you know it's got to be a part of their every second routine yeah absolutely no doubt about it um but the the bonus of the the whole lean mentality and and why do we love it so much 
is because it's only a matter of time until you're the best. Because if you are truly improving every day, then you're gaining on the competition every day. So it doesn't matter where on the spectrum you start out because you're going to start out by gaining and then sooner or later you're going to pass them. Right. And it, um, it's like the best feeling in the entire world. That's, that's well put. I mean, the, the, I used to, when I was learning about um, these type of systems like, you know, theory of constraints and lean and trying to understand how they, you know, went into my business, I wasn't, I never looked at lean as a, a philosophy, you know, um, and I can, I can tell that it's, it's gotta be a philosophy. That's, that was my problem in not understanding it in earlier years was I would just go to a lean 101 class and start understanding some of the basics, but I never looked at it from a philosophy, you know, philosophy point of view. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it's a way of life. It's a way of doing things. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't unsee waste. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. So, so let's, I mean, we kind of just jumped into it. Let's, let's dig deeper into the, into the lean leadership. So I know this is where you spend a lot of time and, uh, in what you do and, and your speaking roles and things about that. So let's, you know, let's jump into that lean leadership topic. Sure. Um, I think, uh, where do we even start? So if we take a look at what, uh, we're doing here at, at my factory. So, we, we have a company called Best M Doors, and we manufacture MDF cabinet doors. And being the, the lean leader of that, it, it's strange because I have almost nothing to do with building doors. My only mission every day is to grow the people. So I learned this when I was in Japan with Paul, and one of the presidents was giving us a talk, and he said, do you want to grow your company? It's really easy grow your people. And it was, it was a tough one at first. I can honestly say I didn't quite get my head around it for a while, but now every single day I come to work and it's all about how can I support the people? How can I make their jobs easier? How can I keep them improving? A lot of people think it is a, a one and done thing and mm -hmm. it, it it's not. All you have to do is ask, uh, ask my girlfriend, ask anybody in my life. It's 24 seven. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no letting off the gas. So getting to be an effective lean leader, you have to really understand that lean, lean is your job. Your job isn't whatever you make. Cause that's what we get tied up in. What's our role? Oh, I'm responsible for sales for the company. So that's my job. It's like, no, your job is to continually improve and inspire other people to continually improve. And if, if you're not doing it, they're not going to do it. Right. You know, if you do it at 80%, they're going to do it at 60. So it's a simple math. You know, what level do you want your people to be at? You better be a little higher, a lot higher. Yeah, I agree with that. 110%. I mean, that's, um, it's it's always hard from an owner's perspective sometimes to look out there and not understand why things aren't going their way or things aren't you know they they have labor situations or whatever but you you almost got to look back at yourself and say am, am I investing everything I can into my people and making my people better because they're not going to buy into anything that you're not doing yourself. Oh yeah, 
Well said. So, uh, and know, I, go ahead. Oh, the the other thing is, as as a as a as a leader, but as a lean leader, we should be breaking our day up into certain segments, and and just whether whether you do it uh, physically or you know just in the back of your mind, you should be asking yourself what percentage of my day am I dedicating to what, and you you have to make sure that as the leader, learning is in there, teaching is in there growing your people, helping them achieve their goals, and then, you know, your day-to-day job. But if you're not always looking for something new, it's going to get stale. Like our morning meeting, for example, you know, they started off pretty rough, but you got to stick with it, even if it sounds crazy and it's boring and people are picking their nose, whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. Stick with it, continue to learn, continue to Find things out there in the world that will benefit you and then bring them in because your people don't have that luxury of being out in the world. They come to your shop and your shop only. So you've got to constantly be on the lookout for new and exciting things that you can bring in and teach them. So I want to get a little more insight on your, I'm glad you touched on the morning meeting because we, we also do that and ours lasts, uh, you know, maybe five minutes, maybe 10, I don't know, not very long. Um, just because I don't think it needs to right now while we're just learning. Um, but to give you a little insight to my meeting, and I hope you give us some of yours, you know, every day we have uh, just a, a marker board up literally screwed to the wall. And uh, every day we hope that everybody puts down at least a two-second improvement. And, you know, we've got a whole dry erase board already full, two columns with improvements. And some of them were trivial as, I put a broom in my area or I, you know, added a trash can or, you know, whatever, just it's, some of them are just very trivial, but it's still an improvement. And so most people will share what their improvements are. And then we have, uh, we either have a hardware of the day or wood of the day. So one of the two, every day we go over something new, whether it's a screw or a rear mount bracket or whatever it is, there's always something new every day that we go over because not everybody knows every piece of hardware or every piece of screw or even every type of wood, you know? And, uh, so it, that's been, that's been very helpful for us. That's, that's brilliant. I, I might include some of that into our morning meeting. <laughs> uh, that's great. And it's, I, I will tell you that part of it has worked great. And every day somebody has, whoever's day it is, has to bring some, something from their station, you know, whether it's a face frame screw for assembling face frames or today it was, today it was, staples from the assembly area so he brought his staple kind he had to say what kind they were what gauge you know what you call them where they're stocked how many of them we keep that kind of stuff and hung them and then we got a board above our improvement board where we hang those every day and whoever whoever uh, talked about it physically hangs them on the board takes a sharpie and writes what they are on there and it's there forever cool so one and done so Tell us a little bit about your morning meeting because that that right there is ours in a in a nutshell and and uh, so tell us a little bit about yours because I think that's an, a big part of keeping that day to day system going. Oh, here here's the kicker. You know, the morning meeting is everything. We live and die by it. Uh, our meetings go from twenty to forty minutes, and it's every single day. So for me, it's. We spend one hour to one hour and 10 minutes a day not working. And the first 30 minutes is spent on the factory where we make our improvements. The second 
uh, 30 minutes is spent on the people where, you know, we, we want to learn something and grow. So we've watched our meeting uh, steadily, steadily grow and, and steadily get more exciting. And some of the ways that we've done that is we talk about different things every day. So we have a schedule and our morning meeting went from just us standing in a circle. Now we've got a, a big screen up on the, on the wall where we have PowerPoint that keeps us on track. And every day is a little bit different. So Mondays, we talk about uh, our, our, our mission, our vision, and our behaviors. And we have 15 behaviors that we live and die by here. And then we talk about why are they important to us and why do we maintain them. Uh, now I'm going by memory here, so you're going to have to. Uh, <laughs> Tuesday is, oh, Tuesday is TED Talk Tuesday. So on Tuesday, whoever's running the meeting will prepare the night before an appropriate TED Talk for all of us to learn together. And then we discuss what the speaker was talking about. Um, Wednesday is Standards Wednesday, where we bring one new standard uh, to the group and we review it as a group and make sure, you know, it's either it's right, needs to be updated or everybody's aware. So we just create or we create a new standard on that day. Uh, Thursdays is cost cutting Thursday. So as a group, we just brainstorm on whatever we have seen or done through the week that we could help lower our costs. And then Friday, Friday's the fun day. Friday, we, we do a reenactment Friday and any situation that happened in the shop that, you know, you always look back and go, wow, I should have handled that differently. Yeah. Well, what, what we do is we reenact that and then as, as a group, we then say, okay, now how could that have been done better? And we reenact it again through the better version. And, you know, that part, you get a little creative. It, it gets fun. Yeah. So <laughs> you've got me over here cracking myself up because you said reenactment Friday. And I literally did this yesterday because I, the day before, um, I went over to my toolbox to find a screwdriver that wasn't there. And I basically threw a, two-year-old hissy fit all but kicking and screaming on the floor and then the next day one of the guys in the meeting kind of pointed me out on that and he was like he was flailing his arms all over and <laughs> so I thought I thought that was pretty funny because he basically did it on his own in the meeting and I, I kind of put me on point and I thought it was pretty funny yeah I mean you know, <laughs> if you could bring a little bit of humor to things we Amen. try uh, during the morning meetings we try and downplay sarcasm and you know pepper in a little bit of humor there you go that's great well i'm man thanks for sharing that because i got a lot of good ideas right there and that's uh i mean that's what it's all about is just learning from and that's what this podcast is all about just about learning and pushing through and making making your business better listen there's no shame in that i'll tell you everything i'm telling you is only things that i've learned from other people i mean i've been surrounded in the most amazing people you could ever imagine in the last two years so uh, I'm just a messenger. That's great. Well, uh, uh, man, again, I'm glad you're able to join us today, but before we jump into the quick cuts, um, let's, let's kind of bring it all back from our topics and into kind of one thing of, you know, what's, what's a big takeaway for people that are just starting down this road, even like myself, what's, what's kind of one thing that we can jump into and grab a hold of? There, there is only one thing as far as I'm concerned, Jeff, and that is to become an avid learner. Do, if, if, you, if you think you know it, oh my goodness, you're so far away. <laughs> like, like, 
there's so much information out there. And if, if you don't become a forever student, you're just never going to get it. In, in our lean community, almost the first conversation, like the, every conversation starts with, hey, have you read this? Or, hey, have you heard this? Or, hey, what about this book? They had this idea that, you know, you can try. And I will admit I have read more books since I was 35 till I was 40, which is now, mm -hmm. uh, than I did in my entire life before that. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with that one right there. That's a that's a great great takeaway, perfect takeaway for this. So, well, let's jump into quick cuts. Normally, it's five questions about you that uh, motivates our listeners. Let's lets us know a little bit more about you. But you wanted to add a sixth, which is great. So let's start off with what's what's your best advice or quote? Uh, the one I love the most is from Albert Einstein, and he said, "We cannot solve problems with the same level of thinking we are at when we created them." Yeah, you could take that one to the bank. You stew on that one for a little while, and you realize, yeah, everything we have in our world is because that's how our brain is operating right now. So if we want something different, we need to change our brain. Yeah, that's right. Read a book. Read a book. <laughs> Give us a personal habit or trait that makes you better or more successful. I think the biggest differentiator and it's it's not just me there are other people out there but we we just when you actually truly love your people and you actually want the best for them they know it and they will they will reciprocate and give you all they got so instead of viewing people as just just workers or just a waste a way to make money um you know we look at them as family and, we, and it's not just you know buzzwords around here we we mean it i agree that's great um What's the future of like, you know, marketing and and um, just the whole industry in general, websites, all that stuff? Because it's getting to be such a big part of what we do, you know, the online thing. So talk talk to us a little bit about what do you think the future of all that looks like? Well, I'm gonna pass pass on some wise words from my buddy Paul Akers. We're uh, in California dirt biking and and we're taking a break and just kind of sitting there chatting. And he he said, Brad, he goes, I'm gonna give you some advice. Video, video video <laughs> right and if you know paul you know that's true you know right? you know he does the videos that's right um and and it's honestly has just changed radically changed my world in in terms of marketing how many how much easier it is to watch a video than read a brochure uh in terms of motivating people how much happier people are when they get to make before and after videos um and then you know, all of, of course, all of this is happening online through YouTube or Vimeo or whatever you use. Um, and then if you want to talk about the business side, from my opinion, you absolutely have to be doing whatever you're doing online. People, yeah. in another couple of years, people are not going to leave their buildings to buy something. So um, I know for us, we've managed to uh, transition to almost fully online, fully automated, and it has radically changed our business. Radically. I'm sure. I'm sure it has. Uh, give us a resource or an app that makes your life a little better, a little easier. Oh, yeah. I can't do just one. I got to do go. Okay, so uh, Voxer, just because it's quick and easy. Uh, WhatsApp, because we like to create a lot of threads that we can do videos and pictures through just throughout the company. Um, and then the, the big one for me has been Trello and I'll warn anybody who hasn't used it, just start using it 
And it's going to be painful at first, but once you start getting good at it and figure out how to make it work for you, because we'll all be different, it yeah. is just awesome. Awesome. You'll you'll find out ways to use it that you would have never thought you could use it. That's 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 Trello in in a nutshell. You just you figure out at first like what am I going to use this for, and then it's like I'm going to use this for everything. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So give us a, give us a book that you could either consider to be your favorite or your current favorite. Okay. Another time you're not going to get me down to just one. I can't do it, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give one book kind of for each phase of your lean journey. So I say if, if you're just thinking about lean, I mean, there is no other way. Two second lean, hundred percent. you got, if you haven't read two second lean, you haven't even thought about lean yet. So mm -hmm. get that one. If you have done two-second lean and you're reaping the results of the morning meetings and daily improvements, now you want to start focusing on your people. So I would be easing into Patrick Lencioni, uh, The Advantage or Ideal Team Player, great books for building a foundation from cult, uh, foundation and culture. Um, and then if you're more mature, you, you know, you're getting the right people on the bus and, and all of that stuff. Uh, I highly recommend The Speed of Trust from Stephen Covey because um, once you start nailing down your behaviors, uh, oh, wow, it's it's phenomenal how much faster you can do things when, when you learn what trust is. So those would be my three. And then, uh, of course, you, no, no library is complete without the book, The Goal. I'm sure we've all read it, but yep. we may not be aware that uh, Dr. Goldratt has about 30 other books that are just as mind blowing as the goal. And yep. I just would say, don't start in the TOC world, start with two second lean. I will agree with that. Yeah. From experience, I will agree with that. So here's, here's the bonus question. Oh, uh, bonus question. Number six, who, who are the most influential people in your life so far? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to name a few and, and I want everybody who hears this, you know, to, Check out these people. They're all on YouTube. They're all lean maniacs, and they will all blow your mind. Uh, my buddy Ashley Bailey in the UK runs a company called Climb Easy. Unbelievable. Then we've got Philippe Marquez. He does. Uh, he runs Torre in Portugal. He posts the best videos for giving people advice. Short to the point. Awesome. Paul Akers. Needs no introduction in my world. My I, look, I can you tell I'm smiling? I just read his name <laughs> and I start smiling. He is he has unbelievably changed my view in the world. Uh, Greg Glebe from Xylem Design. If you want to see culture done right, this guy is the king. You've got the Lewis brothers, Bo, Brady, and Bobby. It, it's uh, it's Big unbelievable. Fan. I think. Wow, yeah, you know, God was giving out looks and brains. I think those three brothers got, you know, not <laughs> they took it all. And the rest of us divvied up the 10%. That's not fair, you know. <laughs> but, you know, those guys are brilliant and what they're doing and how passionate they are and how willing to share they are. I, I couldn't say enough about them. I love working with them when I do. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, David Long and Adam Tart from My Employees. Those guys are the kindest, most generous people I've ever met. And if you go down the lean path, you will see that paying it forward and, and being kind and helping others is, is key 
And these two embody that like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I went down to his factory and they they rolled out the red carpet and, you know, answered all my questions. And David even said, hey, I'll give you my executive team for a whole day to help you out if you need it. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do people like this come from? We've got Thomas, the lean farmer, who's who's he's going to change the world. I keep saying it. He's going to change the world because farming is he's miles ahead of everybody else. And he thinks at such a high level. I, I love I love talking to him and I love challenging the status quo with Thomas. Um, but check out his videos on YouTube. You you can't not be blown away. Uh, we got Guy Boosie over at Innova. That's just doing the most amazing things at his company. And we keep each other motivated by sharing our goals. And we check in with each other every once in a while to just make sure it's it's happening. But he's got videos on YouTube. You want to check out Mark Braun over at Cambridge Engineering. Those guys are dialed. And Mark is, you want to talk about lean leadership? Phone that guy for two minutes. He'll be happy to give you your time, his time. I guarantee it. He's so generous. Uh, and then Glenn Bostock over at SnapCab, another totally dialed company that taught me the importance of if you can't find what you need, build it yourself, will you? <laughs> That's and a good takeaway. It, it is. And, you know, we've, we've built some equipment that only we have now. That's really, it's just, it's crazy. It's taken us to the next level. And it, it all started with seeing Glenn shop and how here's a company who has the resources to get whatever they need. And Glenn's like, no, I, I think I should, I think I could build that myself. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, that's great. Uh, quick cuts there. Appreciate that. Um, before we before we finalize here, Brad, how can we uh, how can we connect directly with you or your company? Yeah, well, come on, find me. You can you can phone me five one nine four nine four two eight eight three. You can email me at brad at quantumlean dot ca. You can. Buy some doors from us at bestdamndoor.ca. Uh, you could send smoke signals, which uh, aren't very reliable, and carrier pigeons also not recommended. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> uh, that, all that will be included in the show notes. And uh, we also know that you're speaking at the IWF uh, Atlanta, which I'm looking forward to coming up this August and, and seeing you there uh, at your talk. So give us just a, a couple highlights from what that talk is going to be about. All right. Well, the the... The premise of the whole talk is I want to do I want to lay out the lean roadmap so people can see what they're getting into and what it looks like down the lean roadmap. And I want to and this is going to sound strange coming from a guy who's a partner at a consulting company, but I want to show everyone how to do it with no consultants. You don't need to pay these tens and thousands of dollars if you got the grit and if you got the determination. I'm going to show you how to do it. On your own, I'm going to show you how 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 I figured it out, how how Paul figured it out, and bam, there you have it. All in one day, you're going to save yourself, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, and that's that's the goal. I want everybody to walk out of there and have a clear path and a clear objective on how lean will benefit them and how to make it happen. I like the idea of doing it with no consultants because you know there's the majority of the companies out there don't have a budget, you know, to to start lean. So 
that's that's a can't miss talk right there. And you have to go to the IWF anyway, just because there is so much knowledge to be gained there. But go to go to this talk. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Um, and there's a discount code for the IWF when you're at registration to save you a few percent uh, or a few bucks. It's UCPD18. Again, that's in the show notes, and there's a link to the IWF registration page. Brad, I'm glad you was able to join us. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, and uh, hope to have you back again where we can expand on some of these thoughts and uh, and keep the ball rolling. No problem, Jeff. I hope uh, I hope this helped in some small way, and I look forward to any updates that anybody might have that started a lean journey or on their lean journey. Just love hearing those success stories. Awesome. Well, Brad, thanks again. Have a good day, and we'll catch you later. All right, Jeff. Bye for now. Right. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Push Through Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and visit thepushthrough.com. That's thepushthru.com for exclusive content, articles, and more.